Hey, Sam, on this podcast, we seem to drink a lot of coffee, don't we? We are fans of the coffees. Yes. Well, and the reason why we do is we do our we do our podcast early in the morning. And so coffee becomes a particular part that we need. And it seems that we drink covert coffee made by Brian and Amy Fowler more than any other coffee. It doesn't seem like it. We are fans, big fans of covert coffee, covertcoffee.com. Why, Tim? You tell him why. Why are we fans of this? For a lot of different reasons. One, they're a micro roaster. He makes it in his house, so you know that there's a lot of care. Secondly, Brian is obsessed. He doesn't do anything without going all the way. And so he sources his beans responsibly and he roasts exactly the way each bean needs to be roasted. I mean, he doesn't so roast true. each bean. He doesn't roast each bean individually. <laughs> that seems excessive. But it just he, seemed like every bean comes wrapped in the love that Brian has shown it. And you, you, when you're brewing it, you can sense that someone really cared. From the very sourcing to the very roasting to the packaging, the the way it arrives in your home. When I get listen, when I get a bag of covert, it's like Christmas. It's like coffee Christmas at home. It's amazing. <laughs> do you do, you do I, an unboxing I, on your YouTube channel? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I will say that, uh, like you said, watching Brian work his his uh, coffee machine is watching somebody at the very logical end of coffee love there's there's no other place to go he goes all the way it's awesome and speaking of that coffee love i think you've got a couple pounds of my coffee at your house right now when am i going to get those uh sometime in the near future month or two after i'm <laughs> done with the after they're gone i deliver the empty bags to you so uh, get, awesome. your, well, get your you tell them no you tell them we can't even do an advertisement correctly. Listen it's to horrible. us. It's, well, we can hardly introduce the podcast, right? Listen, if you love coffee, go to covertcoffee.com and order some up from Brian and Amy. They'll send it right out to you, and you will be happy that they did. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Tim and Sam, Sam and Tim, a podcast where Tim Gillespie and Sam Lenore invite you into a conversation with them and many of their friends where they explore life, faith, modern culture, and friendship. Welcome back, everybody. This is Tim and Sam. Sam and Tim. Welcome Sam. Back. What's going on, Tim? I, th I thought the move was Tim and Sam. Sam and Tim. Hey, man, how you doing? And then you jump in. I think it's, I think it's a matter of tradition now for me to interrupt you and just oh. this is what our listeners expect. I give it, I give our fans what they want. So you're just you're just making a tradition out of mistakes. Is that what mm. you're doing? Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Sam, hey. we, we haven't asked in a while, but what are you drinking this morning? Are you drinking anything in particular? Oh, I am. Um, so Brian Fowler of Covert Coffee, who you know right. is one of our sponsors now officially. Um, he found me this decaf, this new decaf uh, roast. Oh, wow. Um, that's pretty amazing. Uh, it's Colombian. So the previous roast was Peruvian decaf. Mm. This is Colombian and it's... What's the mm. difference? What's the, what's the flavor profile, Ooh. Sam? Well, I mean, we're we're like that, you know. Here's how here's how the flavor profile works for me. I'm just gonna be honest with you. If you tell me what I'm supposed to be tasting, I will taste. You'll it. You'll taste it. <laughs> That's about but right. if you tell me if you don't tell me ahead of time, I'm gonna 
I'm probably not going to be able to tell you. So Isn't like that how it works? It's, it's black cherry and a hint of citrus and a little bit oaky. No, it's fun. It's fun. I never know unless it's a really like a really citrusy. Um, mm. Like I don't know because like when someone says, "Oh, this is an Ethiopian," I'm like, "Oh, I've had Ethiopians that taste like dirt." Okay, you know, so and some that are good. And here's the deal: I can I can tell when it's an Ethiopian. It's natural process. I really? can definitely tell. Yes, I don't think you can. No, I can. There's like a like a fruity, pungent, mm. fruity kind of taste. No, listen. I don't. Mm. You, this, you, are you? No, I don't. Mm. <laughs> All right. I I think I think that's so untrue. But okay. All right. Um, Could you tell the difference between a Colombian and a Peruvian? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> So, so now but your racial, now your racial profiling is what you're doing. <laughs> I can't tell. Look, can you not tell the difference between a natural process and a, in a washed? I, I, no, I, I don't know. I Tim, don't know. I'm going to ask you a very difficult question. Are you putting creamer in your coffee? Be no. honest. Okay. Sometimes. This is a, sometimes I've had to okay, because my... This, because it's early and my stomach is sometimes conversation is over. I've, listen, I've never done it. I've never done it with a fowler. That will don't, yeah. I never have. I never have. That would be. I've only done it with with the blend that we have here because it's just it's like we get massive amounts of coffee. I mean, we did. We don't so much anymore. And sometimes it's a little old. And here's the thing, right? The thing is, you've got the grind. You've got your method. So. So when, and I've got so many, uh, this is not a brag. There's so many different options here at the church. Cause over the years we've just like, Oh, what would this, you know? So like, am I doing a pour over? Am I doing it in just a, a filter situation? Like there's so many different options. Am I making do Americano? You, am, am, so it, do you ever actually go to the, to the machines, the industrial, yeah. you know, thousand, Often persons per minute machines and just to make yourself one little yeah, shot for sure. <laughs> That's well, we got to awesome. keep, we got to keep them working a little bit. Right. So I'll just, yeah, I'll go over to our coffee shop and I'll, you know, quietly like make my, like it's a whole routine. I, and I do it when I get here in the morning and sometimes I'll do, sometimes I'll do an oat milk latte because oat milk seems to be sitting around everywhere. Apparently you mm. don't need to keep that stuff refrigerated from what I can tell. What? Uh, no. no, you do. Yeah. I don't know that you do. I don't know. It seems like we have it sitting around all the way, all over the place. Oh, okay. Um, that, that, that's, you're, you're drinking fermented oat milk. That's probably uh, a thing somewhere. That's maybe. Yeah. Maybe yeah. why. <laughs> Maybe maybe why you get a buzz. I'm hurting. I'm hurting the my my. Listen, all I know is this: Um, there are days I really need a really good cup of coffee, and then there are days I just need, I just need coffee. (laughs) And according to my my need, apparently, (laughs) I will. (laughs) Like this morning, this morning you texted me and you're like ready, and Mm. I was in bed. Listen, I want to. I just want to say, dear listener, this is a first ever. Tim does not miss appointments. Number one and number two, he shows up to appointments an hour and a half early. <laughs> always, always, always. I do always. sometimes text you that Zoom link. Like, 
yeah at four in the morning and you have this weird ability if i just may go you know continue with my um profiling of you um okay. the you have this weird ability to wake up doesn't matter where you are what time zone uh an hour or two before anything needs to happen in the world so <laughs> in my experience traveling with you doesn't matter how many time zones we cross over whatever's happening you will get up like two hours before we have to get up so this yeah. is why today is a bizarre like i'm looking at the sky going is what is 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 the world ending is hey, this the parousia is this you the guys, revealing do you guys like um like in the one project do you guys do you guys argue about who has to stay in the room with me because i always get up so early i try to be quiet do you i don't know if we want to part this curtain do you, you uh, want to i've i've wondered if there's like a like you pull the short straw a lot i feel like no tim i'm the i'm the easiest going i sleep the soundest and i don't you have do anything. sleep you sleep incredibly Actually, soundly in if, fact you've woken up at times and i thought you were gonna murder me because you thought i had somehow like you did not know what planet you were on your eyes were all crazy i mean crazier than they normally are like you're there was a couple times you woke up and i thought I may not make it out of this room because this guy's about to pounce like a like a cougar, like a like a mom in between her cougar cubs okay. coming after me because you were so unclear on like you didn't know what country we were in, you didn't know what day we were. I was clearly not Shelly. Like there was a lot of Listen, I had fear. I had fear for my life. You should. This, okay, but here. Rooming with you, this is how my days begin rooming with you, if I may be. Uh, um, then I never wake up naturally. You always, it, my day begins with this. You going, hey man, we're going to get some breakfast. That's how I wake up. <laughs> well, I've been up for, for two, two hours. I'm hungry. So then I open my eyes and I have to first process, where the heck am I? <laughs> who, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> No, the buffet doesn't open until 5 a.m., Tim, and it's 3.30 in the morning. Or this has happened before, and I've, I don't think I've ever told you. You'll get up two hours early and begin reading, and sometimes during your reading, you find something so interesting, you'll go, hey, man, you know what I think is interesting? And I'll be sound asleep, and that's what wakes me up. I'll be like, where am I? Who is that? What am I supposed to find interesting? Why are you talking while I'm sleeping? <laughs> listen i i try and wait as long as i can and finally like um, i it's just too quiet i oh, know listen oftentimes oftentimes i will leave and go down to the lobby um that's which true. is something that you do here's what's not fun it's not fun rooming with you when you have to speak that day yeah that's true i'll admit that because your process is um is horrific different we've than talked yours? about this nah. we can we can choose language like it's we, we differ in our approaches it's, it's it's watching it's watching a seven hour panic <laughs> is what it is. And when you get up and you gotta and you have to go to the lobby to work, which has happened before, because there have been times where you like you're first of the day and so you'll wake up early. There's a <sighs> <sighs> like you've been <laughs> like so you've been running and then you wake up and you're <sighs> Uh, as you put on your glasses and you get your bag and you like walk out uh, uh, and I'm like, what is, is he? This is, comp this is such a false. You're so, this is such a false. I don't even know how to rebut that because it's false. I don't, I don't know how to know say if you're hundred percent awake when you do that. No, it's, that's not true. That's, I'm just that's saying. not true. 
Listen, let's get to the topic. I feel we should get to the topic. We are not. We probably should, but I will say, you want me to tell you one last thing? I will say that's the last thing. Um, So in, because my wife is a very early riser, Mm. very early. Um, Although lately I've been beating her to getting out of bed. Um, During our first year of marriage, every morning for me began with this question. Really? (laughs) Like (laughs) right now? Because when she gets up, you're getting up also. Dude, there's no, she's like. I don't think, I don't think my wife is going to listen to this. So when good. I get up early, my job is to be as quiet as possible, to be exactly. a little mouse and not Me wake too. anybody up. Right? Me too. My wife does not have that same feeling. Same. If she's waking up, there's lights coming on in the room. In the yeah. room. Yes. As if, as if, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sleeping anymore and you no longer have the right. You are legally obligated to wake up with me. Yeah. And you're not making it past the blow dryer. That's my thing. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe I, if I could just put another pillow over my, my other ear and just keep it. Um, but blow dryer, you know. So, you know, I would always lift my head and go, really? And she'd hold the blow dryer going, what, this, this woke you up? <laughs> <laughs> you can hear this? You can hear this loud electrical engine blowing air through the you know uh that's awesome you know what we need we need our listeners all right we need our listeners to buy us bigger houses oh so that we wouldn't have to deal with that our wives could get up and the 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 house would be big enough that they could go into the master bathroom suite like those like this european uh nobility that would have their own separate rooms and yeah yeah that listen well, when we get more sponsors, maybe uh, I think so. Because yeah. you don't you don't think the the few bags of coffee a week we get <laughs> is going to cover that? It might. No, listen, I'm not looking to gift horse in the mouse. I'm I'm gracious and so thankful that Covert Coffee is sponsoring us. But but to we the need topic. bigger houses. We need bigger houses. Yeah, agree. The topic to, to the topic. Do you want to introduce the topic? Should I? Okay. Well, I'll do it. Okay. Um. So, Tim, you know, over the last couple of weeks, you and I have been in a conversation about um, the mistakes that sometimes, hey, people in ministry, but everybody makes. Um, And this conversation, uh, don't worry. I I know you're worried a little bit right now, so don't (laughs) worry. I won't make it very specific. This conversation was uh, triggered by... Prompted. Prompted. Prompted, prompted, you're right. Better word. Better word. Um, By events in our region that took place based on a decision that um, local ministry made that right. was um, we could comfortably say was a mistake yeah a, min- a ministry a mistake word. yeah have i said it yeah I think yeah so it. so we spent quite a bit of time talking about hey what it, what does it look like when you make a, a mistake of that magnitude in ministry um i've also you know i've also had in mind recently um processing this um some of my biggest heroes in ministry like people i really looked up to um Mm -hmm. who just recently in the last year or two um have made a pretty massive horrible poor judgment decisions uh (laughs) and have been in the news by the way they've been in the news so um, are we talking about i want to clarify are we talking about like personal failures moral failures no okay 
That's different. I feel like that's a whole that's a whole another topic. Yeah, those are different. So no, yeah, okay. definitely. There's there's the there's the oh man, I've been having an affair and right, or I've no. had this drug addiction or who was there was one pastor I'll name this one very um, well known evangelical leader who um, was found in a room with a uh, prostitute doing drugs. Mm and denied it and you know and eventually had to come clean i'm not talking about that kind of thing okay. you remember that yeah well yeah, yeah. i feel like there's many of those when you say remember that there's <laughs> more than one of those <laughs> i i'm not laughing at that like people got issues yeah. but we're not talking about moral failures we're talking about like no. like just bad choices or things that you thought were going to work out that just really went the opposite direction that that's what we're talking about yeah, because I think the poor, instance poor judgment, that, yeah. the instance that we're talking about that kind of like you said prompted this, um, I don't think it was nefarious in any way, shape, or form. I think it was just a miss. Yeah, and then exactly. the miss scaled, right? And it became a mistake. Did you see it how would, I did that? Uh, mm, mm, you see how I did that? You, yeah, you are master over words. I did. I, I, um, I like to dabble. I like to dabble. But that, but that. So the miss, the miss. Take. Um, we don't have to do that. We don't have to do that the whole time. Was, it wasn't that. I will. Clever. I'm was that clever. Was, <laughs> was compounded by. It was made worse. For first, it was several. I I would say that there were several warning signs or yellow flags that should have been noticed on the way to the mistake. Probably. Um, and then after the mistake, there was a couple of compounding poor decisions uh, made. Right. Um, so anyway, so that's yeah, that's what we're here. It's enough so, about that. We don't need to speak about specifically that. about but, that. But but what the real question is um, that I want to know is: Have you, Tim, have you ever made a mistake in ministry? <laughs> I know it's hard, <laughs> and you have to dig deep to see, to see. Just you know, I know in your mind right now you're thinking: Is there? Ha has well, there been? There's oh so. Yeah, yeah, we've made. We, I talk about a team, but me personally, yeah, a ton of mistakes. Of course, mm -hmm. of course, from, from, from misplaced words, right? Mm -hmm. Speaking and, and do saying. You have any, do you have an example of that? Well, it's it gets a little, you know, when okay, we might get this explicit rating. I won't say <laughs> any of the words that I may have said up front, but I've said I've said, trim, trim, you know. Uh, stumbling over words I've said the mm. S word up front Ooh. yep said it and then then you have this moment of do I recognize that I said it is the congregation mm. going to know that I said it or do I just keep going as if I didn't say it because it was a it was a stumbling of mm. a few words together um, and I recognized it I was mm. like hmm. did you point it out did I, you? I I stopped long enough that the congregation started to lose it Mm. to mm. started to crumble and then i tried mm. to pick it back up and it took a while but that you know that was relatively innocuous you know yeah yeah it yeah. wasn't wow. it wasn't some of the the bigger mistakes i've heard but but no i've made i've made absolutely wrong choices that were absolute mistakes choices to you know to to name events certain things or to do things in a certain way and have it just completely fall apart i'm trying to come up with a specific one um, mm. that was, hey, that I, was a, a big one. I can tell you my, if we're talking about words, yeah. uh, tripping over, I can, I can tell you one of mine. 
Yeah. It's a pretty fantastic, pretty <laughs> fantastic one. You want to, you want to tell you yes. here, here's what happened. So our day, our friend, David Franklin, uh, mm-hmm. remember him, Dave Franklin, uh, pastor on the East coast, uh, pastors, the miracle temple in uh, yeah. Baltimore, I think, um, just a great, great guy, um, had a show on a network called hope, hope channel. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. And it, the name of the program was um, "Let's Pray," "Let's Pray," right. "Let's Let's Pray" with a let's exclamation pray. mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, the whole the whole thing was an hour of, of prayers, pr- prayer right. requests, prayer. You know, so he took his his show on the road, and was at an event. We were at an event together, and he he invited me to come and be interviewed live on the on his on his show and so we're talking and we talked for five ten minutes and at the end of it he turns to me he goes sam i would like for you to pray uh right now for people listening and man i don't know what happened to me but i start praying i start i prayed Uh and sometime in the middle of my prayer i started hearing people shouting amen uh in in real affirmations of what i was saying like in in a way that i'm not really used to right and and it got it got so loud that even David next to me was like he jumped in too. He was you know, hey man, like and I thought, am I, man, this is you're terrible. Pr- you're praying it up. You're praying I'm, it up. So I turned up the you know the Southern Baptist preacher <laughs> voice, and I I started I prayed loud and confidently, and at the very end of that prayer. I paused and I said in the most, you know, dramatic possible voice I could find in Jesus son's name. Nope. That's not how that works. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I look as, the, as the words were coming out of my mouth, I looked over at David who had this, this look on his face, like, what have you done? What is this? <laughs> In Jesus' son's name? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Who's Jesus' son? Yeah. Um, oh, that that's was, funny. Yeah. That's uh, funny. Yeah. Um, small mistakes. So, small words mistake, but but the decision th- mistakes. Those word mistakes are they're, they're real. They're real. I've, I've got a lot. Of, there's a lot of preachers who have said a lot of things that I've got stored in my memory as as mm. fear for me not to not to say things. But um, so decision mistakes. Here's one. Here's a mistake mm-hmm. that um, went, it was a mistake both ways. Like, so we we had been doing two services. We were looking to move to three services. Um, but we decided instead of, at Crosswalk here, instead of doing another service in the morning on Sabbath morning, we would do another service. We would do a service on Saturday evening, six o'clock. Um, bad time. Because we figured, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's time to bridge the gap from those who worship on Saturday and maybe some who worship on Sunday but are comfortable coming on Saturday night would come and we would we'd bridge that gap a little bit, kind of an evangelistic thing. So we had been kind of bouncing around with it. Um, and um, apparently we made the decision. And when I say apparently, I can't remember 100% with the team. I don't remember saying we're doing it, we're going, this is the date. It probably did happen. I don't remember that. So anyway, I'm traveling and... Uh, and I have a long history of not communicating with my wife exactly as <laughs> as clearly as I should about certain things. So I'm getting on a plane. I'm getting on a plane. 
and I get this text message with a screenshot of our Instagram saying, when did we decide this? Oh man. Cause apparently we were announcing it and you know, that decision impacts my family. It impacts my wife and myself are, mm -hmm. are, our, our, the, the warp and woof of our lives as they say. Right. And so I did what I think any, any, um, clear thinking husband of 20 something years would do. I turned mm -hmm. off my phone cause I was getting off the plane. <laughs> Cause I needed, I was flying, I think from Sacramento, I needed like, I needed an hour to come up with, you know, what I was gonna, how I was gonna. So I, we flew down, I, I, the plane came up, I'm like, landed. <laughs> She's all, are you gonna answer my question? I was like, oh, we'll talk when I get home. So that did not start out, start out auspiciously. And we did it for six months and could never get traction on it. It was, it mm. was, it was hard on our volunteers. It was hard on our worship teams. It was hard on me and my family. Cause right in the middle of, of a Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, I would have to bail. And of course it would never take just the mm -hmm. time allotted. It would always take an, you know, half hour before an hour afterwards. So it really kind of encroached into our lives in a way that was, that was uncomfortable. Um, we, I waited almost seven months to shut it down. We never could get over a hundred people coming, mm. which for us always felt empty. I mean, I know there are lots of churches that are a hundred or less. And that would have been a great number, but for us, mm -hmm. it just didn't quite work. The amount of, uh, the amount of work and effort and costs that we had to put in it, which was strange because we got to actually cost out a church service, which is kind of hard to do. Like, are we going to, and this is a bad way to think about it. I don't, but, but doing the metrics on it, are we making our money back on this? Mm. Now we don't just for the record, we don't, that's not, there's a, there's a, there's a financial metric on everything, right? But there's also a missional aspect and a missional sure. metric. And I'm willing to lose money on something that's really making strides for the kingdom of God. But we were getting a lot of repeat people from the morning, oddly. Yeah. And there was yeah. like three or four people that really it was a real blessing to. But out of that whole group, it wasn't that many that, that didn't have the opportunity to come in the morning. So that was a mistake. And it, we, we let that mistake, it was just like a, it was a, a train wreck by millimeters. Like we mm -hmm. just could never... And then it was hard to stop because there's this thing called pride, right? Yeah. That you're like, we made yeah. this decision and we was going to be successful and it's not really successful. And um, luckily I don't have a ton. I'm just a slow learner. <laughs> so when we finally canceled it, what we did, we did something I thought was kind of interesting. Rather than cancel it, we said we're moving times. So the 6 p.m. service will now be the noon service. Oh, and the 10.30 okay. service will be the 9 a.m. service. And so that's how we managed it. So we, have, nice. we had three in the morning after that. Nice. Okay. Okay. But it it was it was not horrible. I didn't put anyone in danger. I've got a few mm. of those too from my younger years. How about you? Tell me a mistake that you made. Oh, if, listen. I got a putting one everyone in danger story, especially in this COVID in this COVID emergency. By the way, I want to say that I remember the six o'clock service because I preached for it a couple of times. Yeah. And um, it was tough. You know, I could see your your volunteers, your staff was taxed. The musicians yeah. themselves looked like this is. I'm doing this, but it's it's not easy. Well, it's they had got there six thirty in the morning, so that was like a yeah. fourteen hour day for most of them. Mm. Mm. Um, so hey, you you want to hear one that's gonna horrify you? Yeah, this is from this is from Chaplin, Chaplin days. Um, I had a I had this bright idea one day that I would demonstrate some lesson by handing out packs of gum. <laughs> um, to a thousand students or 1200 students walking into church and I would tell them all to chew it um, and, they, and they did so this is how it went down 
um, they all, you know, I, I instructed them, you know, I, because they, they would usually do what I would ask them to do. They all got their gum out and they uh, began to chew it. And, um, and then sometime a few minutes later, I had volunteers uh, pass these big trays around mm -hmm. and I had them all put the gum on uh. the trays. Um, and, and then <laughs> we combined it all into a gigantic <laughs> ball of gum. Who, who combined it? I, I had people with gloves on just, they formed oh. like a, like a gigantic, massive, like a pyre. Oh my gosh. Dude, that's and like a, a horror movie. He, no, it gets worse. It gets worse. <laughs> then I stood up front and I offered somebody, I said, I will, I will give you, my plan was to him to say, I'll give you in ascending, like ascending amounts of money, uh -huh. uh, trying to tempt somebody to come down here and take a chomp out of this gigantic yeah. ball of gum. Oh my gosh. And I, and my thinking was no one is going to do this. Like nobody is gonna do this no until we get to like ten thousand dollars <laughs> or twenty, which I'm not gonna do. But my point was gonna be, you wouldn't do this. Like you would. I, I think I had a hundred dollars ready to go. Like I would do it for a hundred bucks. I would give a hundred bucks to somebody <coughs> to take a bite. And I just knew no one is stupid enough to come down here and take a a chomp out of this disgusting mound of chewed gum. Right. And I was very wrong. What, how wrong how wrong were you sam okay at at one dollar i said w would someone come down here and take a bite out of this for no, one dollar oh no yeah bro uh, two people ran down one one of them got to it first and before i could even give him instructions he had his face his mouth oh. wide open no and his face buried and forced onto that tray and i mean he came out with so much so much of it in his mouth dangling ah. from his lips chewing it there are people in the audience vomiting <laughs> <laughs> there are people walking out <laughs> i got i got emails from parents yeah from colleagues from my from from you know president of the university who actually invited me to a meeting in his office <laughs> It was one of those, Sam, come in here, close the door behind you. <laughs> um, it, it was uh, a mistake. That's, that's Which bad. couldn't happen even now. Oh. Can you imagine doing something like that now? You'd be fined now. <laughs> I would, I'd, I'd probably be arrested. Yeah, you might be arrested putting Girl. people in danger. That's Reckless crazy. Dude, that's a bad choice. You know what's funny is that some of these bad choices, like as you're telling me that story, I'm thinking, who in the world let him do this? I could have told him that was a bad idea, but but I, so I had student leaders who would who who asked me, Pastor, is this is this a good idea? And here's the saddest thing: is I cannot remember the point I was trying to make that day. <laughs> Something about temptation, but I can't. I can't that's, well, that's that's a shame. You need sorry. to. So here's say, one. You're gonna say Here, yeah. here's one. Um, I didn't actually, wasn't the one who enacted this, but it was my idea. We were doing a children's story, which we don't do anymore. But in the early days of Crosswalk, we did children's stories. And um, and our our children's director, Katie, um, she was she was great at them. But every once in a while, I'd be like, hey, here's an idea. And she'd by and large ignore me, which was probably the right thing to do. But, um, and I think this may have been our last children's story. I said, listen, this is what I'm, I'm teaching. I'm teaching this particular thing in the sermon. Why don't you do this? 
why don't you do a children's story where you give half the children candy, but not mm. the other half? Do that. And then let's see if those first kids share it with the oh, other kids. No. So, and on this particular day, we had, I don't know, we had 50 kids up front. Like it was a, a day where just like everybody came to church. And so we've got like 50 kids up front. So she hands out candy to half these kids and not the other half. Ooh. And there's anger and there's crying and there's mommy. And it fell apart oh, 100%. No. And she couldn't get it back. And I didn't know what to do at that point. So I was like, mm, good luck. Because she's looking at me like, save me. And I was like, I don't know how to. It was... It may have been our last children's story. It was just ill-advised. And that my wife my wife was like, why did you think that was a good idea? And I was like, no, it seemed like it would have made, like we could have, mm. just horrible. So that's the thing with mistakes. They seem very obvious to other people at times. Yes, yes. Right? <laughs> oh, man. Um, have you ever done, a, have you ever made a mistake that, um, that was like maybe putting people in danger a little bit? Well, I mean, my, I, that was probably a besides, super spreader. What I just yeah, described. Yeah, besides that one. one. Um, yeah, I did. You know, there was. Um, these are all, by the way, silly ones. And I know you and I have serious. We have serious ones, mistakes yeah. that are serious. But um, this one's also a silly one. We had a um, a speaker once that um, her her story was really compelling. She her her brother had been uh, murdered by a biker gang, and. Wow. I know it's amazing in the in the process the process of forgiveness her journey to forgiveness um was to to um essentially befriend a biker gang and involve herself in it to try to transform it from the inside wow uh, so uh she learned how to ride a motorcycle for that and and then went and became friends with these these bikers and um and so that you know she wrote a book about it and okay. and so we invited her to come speak and her request ahead of time was hey i would like to i would like to ride a motorcycle into the church <laughs> just to <laughs> capture the young people's attention and you know that's uh and i you know that was in my that was in my days when you know a big pile of chewed gum is okay so <laughs> Did, yeah, didn't seem all that unreasonable <laughs> we're going with this at the so, La Sierra University Church. At the La Sierra University Church, which you know is, has a long um, oh, middle yeah, aisle. Oh, yeah, center aisle. Can, yeah. you can, that could be dramatic. Which, and you can also pick up some speed, which is the problem. Um, <laughs> now, this is, this is not in any way, just hear me out, this is not ageist <laughs> in any way, but I did not realize the age of our speaker. Okay. She was, she was a little more let's just say mature okay. in her age than I, than I knew when we found a bike and when she arrived, I thought this, this may be a problem. That was my, so this is a, so this so is wasn't her motorcycle. Lesson. You, you, you provided a motorcycle. No, no. She flew in and asked us to provide her a motorcycle and we okay. found her a, a pretty, it was a fantastic, it was a, you're, you're a motorcycle guy. It wasn't a street, a street bike. It was a, a cruiser, but it was, it was big. Was it a Harley? Um, no, it was one of those fake Harleys, like a Yamaha something. Oh, a Honda or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but I knew the minute I saw her, we may have a problem, which is a, probably the first lesson in addressing mistakes is don't ignore. <laughs> if you, if there's, 
if there's a, a voice of wisdom in your head going, uh, warning, don't right. ignore that. Actually pursue it. Get wisdom, right. talk about it, uh, explore explore that feeling. Right. Uh, but, but I did not. I said, we're going with this. And um, she got on that bike. And when it was time for her to speak, she we opened the doors and she went tearing down that that center aisle in that motorcycle, Tim. And I actually thought she's going to die at the right. front. When she crashes into the front, <laughs> she, she, we're, we're going to witness 1,200 people are going to witness a death happening right in front of us. This is, this is horrible. Are you serious? And, yeah, she got to the end, did not die, but she tried to brake and uh -huh. lost it. And miraculously, the bike slid all the way to the just sideways to the stage right and crashed into the stage uh, tires first and she crawled out of the other end you know <laughs> crawled i mean i mean crawled and walked up this, to the platform and began speaking oh my god nothing had happened <laughs> i looked around everyone's got their mouth open like what <laughs> just happened here Oh and then, goodness. you know, and then I got emails and I got invited to the president's office and told, <laughs> close the door behind you. So you the, that day, you and the president were, were quite good friends. Wait, let's just say we had many, <clears throat> what have we learned here, Sam, conversations. <laughs> that's a good, that's a, I mean, that's traumatic. That's yeah. traumatic. That's a good one. Um, so I, when I was young, when I was young, um, I worked at this church down in San Diego, La Mesa, which is beautiful, great church, great people, wonderful people. They had never, I don't think they had ever had a youth pastor before. So, so I was pretty much left to my own devices to like figure this out and, and do everything. And it, it was, it was a, it was a church where like, when I got there, there were two youth that were mm -hmm. going to Sabbath school and they said, Oh, we don't, we don't like the person that's doing it. So we're probably never going to come back. And I was like, well, no, 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 I'm doing it now. And so it took months and months. Like I, I ran events where no one showed up, where literally no one showed up. And I would mm -hmm. have to like call kids personally and say, I'm coming to your house to, uh, to, <laughs> to pick you up. And they'd be like, no, I'm good. I'm like, nope, oh, I'm, I'm no. coming. Wow. One of those situations. Like, so it took months, months really to, to begin to get a group. And so I remember we we're doing a bowling night and it was one of those times where you kind of, you get, um, you know, you're used to not having a lot of people show up. So like, Oh, let's meet at the church. And then we'll just jump in my car and we'll go to the bowling alley. Well, like 13 kids showed up and mm -hmm. I was not prepared for that. And I hadn't worked with any parents to drive or anything like that. So I just said, um, okay guys, I'm just, I'm going to start shuttling you. And the place was about 10 minutes away. So just stay here at the church and I'll, I'll take four of you put too many in my car and go and I'll take three trips and we'll get everybody there. So, um, the problem I wasn't thinking about is a, I didn't really know the town all that well. So we were going to a place that maybe wasn't the safest place for this bowling alley. It was the cheapest bowling alley, which if you're deciding on a bowling alley, don't do it by how cheap it is just <laughs> in general. So I went and dropped kids off in this, a little bit of a nefarious area and then I was mm -hmm. like, okay, I'll be back in 15, 20 minutes because I've got mm -hmm. other kids that are sitting by our church just sitting in the parking lot by themselves. And mm -hmm. I went back and forth and back and forth. It took probably 35 minutes to get everybody there finally. 
by the time mm. I get there, the kids are all just waiting outside. And now they're in like this tight circle of like, uh, and people are walking by and homeless are walking by and talking to them and they're nervous. And these are young kids. So they're not, they could have gone in. I don't know why I didn't have them go in and start bowling. That would have made some sense. Right. Didn't <laughs> do that. I was just waiting in the parking lot. You'll be fine. So, um, mm. by the end, and this is before like cell phones, remember, mm. This mm -hmm. is before we were all carrying cell phones. I realized I can't do this again because now it's dark. It's 10 o'clock at night and I cannot leave these kids oh, to man. themselves. And I had like a little king cab truck. So I was just like, no. as many as we can get in. And then we've no. got the back and like you lie down. You put them in the back? No. Lie down. Dude. Wow. It was a bad, it was a bad situation. But for the grace of God. But like I pull up and there are parents in the parking lot and I'm like, mm. how am I going to explain this? Like the kids are like shimmying off the truck. <laughs> I had some, I had some explaining to do. Did you get, did you get some um, emails and I had some close the door behind you things? No, there was not a lot of emails happening at the time. Thank God. That's true. That's true. Yeah. This was like 90, early 98. So, so did you no, get some AOL messages? I got, I got some, I got my, it was one of those, could you come early for staff meeting? Mm -hmm. And I, I said, is it staff meeting if it's just me and you? <laughs> <laughs> Which, oh, man. Probably, not the, probably not the way oh, to say man. that. Yeah, so that was, and you know, it was incredibly stupid. You put kids in harm, but you don't realize it because you're just like, oh, this mm. is less bad than my other situation that I might mm. have created. Mm. So maybe not horrible, but, but with the potential with the potential mm. dude i listen i have a friend who um he's a he was a baptist minister at creston i don't know if you remember this I do. um i remember him i don't remember yeah the story. and we used to our band used to play at his church for his kids sometimes he told me a story that's the most tragic i saw him at a youth specialties and in the early early 2000s he had just moved to this mega church in the central central or i think stockton area and um mm. he had he had been at the church for three weeks and they were doing this winter fest thing with like 300 kids. Um, and he moved from a relatively small church in Michigan. So this was a huge deal for him. He's doing this, this big winter retreat with these kids. And the first event they have is a bus pull. And, um, so they have these kids pulling, pulling a bus and you break them into groups and they pull a bus, see how far they can pull a bus and how much time. And apparently a, a girl fell in front of the bus and the oh, bus no. rolled over her and she died. Oh no. And I saw him, I saw him maybe, when was youth, youth specialties used to happen in like February or March, I think? Um, I think it was November-ish. Oh, it was usually okay. November, well, yeah. Okay, then it was November, it was, it was earlier than that. Then um, I saw him like three weeks afterwards and I was oh, like, oh man, how's it going? It's so good to see you. And he relayed the story in tears. Oh. Talk, and, the only reason he made it through is because those elders of his church came and surrounded him yeah. and said, you know, and it wasn't his fault. It wasn't negligence. It was a horrible tragedy. But yeah. um, <clears throat> I think about some of the things that I had done that could have led to a situation like that. Yeah. And yeah. I can't imagine he, you know, he, he stayed in ministry. He was able to make it through, probably did 10 more years at that church. Yeah. But can you yeah. imagine? I can't, man. That is, and it happens, you know, and it happens, it happens, Tim, it yeah. happens. Um, especially in, in youth ministry, there's, there's so many high risk, um, everything's high risk really, yeah. you know, but, um, I think about the summer camps and, and the, 
and the activities that that people do there the kids do there and um yeah it, it's a it's devastating when something like that happens devastating um how do you recover from something like that if you're a pastor yeah. right if that happened under your watch um no i i always felt that when i would take kids on mission trips mm-hmm. like mission trips were no fun they were for me mm-hmm. i always felt like they were you know from the moment we got those kids at the school or at the church to the moment they were back with their parents i i was never off like mm-hmm. even sleeping i had anxiety i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure um mm-hmm. and we'd take kids to africa we'd take them to kenya i mean we'd we'd do some things that were i yeah, mean they were great yeah. they were amazing but you know yeah. w- when yeah. a kid says i think i just got chased by an elephant out front you begin to realize like there's maybe this wasn't such a great idea. Don't go out at night kids because you may be hunted by a right by a lion by a, a alpha predator, you know. Yeah. Those no, it's it's the but the things that you do, the things that you do as a pastor. And I mean, we can talk about we can talk about a lot of mistakes of even mm. I've made I've made theological mistakes where I got confused when I was mm. preaching and I said exactly the wrong thing. But mm. you don't realize it because you're in the midst of it. And people come up afterwards and like, is that what you believe? And you're like, what mm. What did I say? Well, you yeah. said this. Man, I don't think I did. No, you did yeah. say that. And you go back and look at game tape and you're like, oh, I, wow, that was a, yeah. uh, that's exactly the opposite of what I meant to tell people, you know, and they walk out confused. There's still a lot yeah. to go, oh, good sermon, pastor. You're like, no, you're not listening. But well, um, yeah, so some of them are gracious because they know you and they, right. they know you would have never said something that actually came out of your mouth. It's just you actually, although I do not like when people say I misspoke because that sometimes is a evading responsibility for something you, you said that you meant. Sometimes right. we do. Sometimes we, in the middle of a, of a sermon or a talk or um, on the spot, you you say something that you know that that's not, that doesn't align with what I really believe it's, it was, you know, it's, it's just, the the, um, the burden of speaking, uh, live in, in sometimes improvisationally here. Yeah. Um, but I do look, I do, um, there, there are mistakes that weigh, that weigh heavy on my heart regarding that, the speaking, um, for me, for me, it's come at, um, one, one that I'm thinking about is a, um, I, I had students who wanted me to invite a guest that I had real reservations about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they pressed me over it for a long time. And eventually I, I relented against my better judgment, wisdom, all that. I just said, fine, let's, let's just have this person speak. And, um, it, it was, um, the only way I can describe this is that it, it this by the way this is not exaggerating it was it was spiritual abuse what happened mm-hmm. uh in in the venue where this person spoke and um the things that this person said i just wonder if if they've made long lasting devastating impact mm. on the spiritual life of the people who were listening that day mm. what i didn't do that i should have done in hindsight and in hindsight by the way was even, was like an hour after the event right i was thinking <laughs> man this is not like a couple of years later reflecting. Uh, an hour after the event, I just wondered why didn't I get up immediately after or during and just interrupt them or take the microphone or immediately after, uh, why didn't I get up and say, we don't believe that. 
Right. We don't believe in that kind of God. We don't believe that God judges like, like that. We don't believe right. that. Um, that's not the gospel good news. Mm -hmm. um, I don't believe that that any of you are going to be won over by this kind of um, message of, of divisiveness, anger, yeah. and hatred. This yeah. is not who we are. Uh. I didn't do that. I did it. I did it weeks later when I probably, when you know, um, it had already taken root in some people's yeah, hearts, or it had already trauma had set in. Yeah, and some yeah. people were already repelled by it and weren't going to give uh, us another chance to speak a different kind of message to them. And um, man, I grieve that. Yeah. I grieve that. Because some of those mistakes, some of the mistakes we make, literally repel people from the gospel. Yeah. Right. And and I mean, I've. Oh, dude, one time, this was back, this is back in, um, seminary. Um, mm. we were, we were doing that, that Sabbath school we had put together, Blue Rock. The Blue Rock. Blue Rock. Um, that, that lasted way longer than we, that thing lasted for years, mm. like a decade after we left. If you really, yeah, man, it, it lasted a long time. People kept that ministry going. So that was cool that we got to cut our teeth on that. And, um, but but I remember one day we were practicing and, um, and I was getting very frustrated with one of the people on our team. And as I, as I walked away, I had to walk away. I was frustrated enough that I had to walk away. As I walked away, I mumbled something under my breath that was apparently unkind. And, um, mm -hmm. and one of the kids heard it. Hmm. One of the kids heard it and I didn't know that. I didn't even really recognize there were kids in the room or whatever. So probably 12 years later, um, I'm doing an event at this place and this person walks up and I kind of recognize and I was like, oh, hey, I think I know who you are. I think we've met before. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was one of your students at uh, Blue Rock. I was one of your kids at Blue Rock. And I was like, oh, wow, it's so good to see you. Da, 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 da. And she brought it up right there. Oh. And she was like, that's when I knew you guys were full of it. I don't go to church anymore. And I was like, I, you know, and in my head, I didn't remember what I had done, but apparently I had, I had mumbled something or I had been unkind in some way. And, and, and that's a mistake mm -hmm. I have made often is that I get frustrated and I don't have an internal monologue. So I have a tendency to mumble something or say something out loud. Um, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that, that, uh, it made, it made a difference, you know, and mm -hmm. you just pray that you pray that those words don't, don't do something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, that was difficult. Yeah. I do have another one that's a little a little funnier. I uh, I had invited someone to come and do a graduation speech. Now we know that graduation speeches are you know ten to fifteen minutes. Get in, get out, do your do your thing, yep. do your dog and pony show, and go. Right. So this was an outdoor outdoor graduation, high school graduation. Big big crowd, big crowd. Um, and this this certain person that we that the senior class had invited to come in, they had done the week of prayer because that's how you know you did a good week of prayers if they bring you back for graduation. This person had yes, done a great week of prayer. Exactly. So this this person is he gets up to speak, got got his notes, and uh, it's very windy outside. So about twenty minutes in, which already I'm like okay, twenty minutes, he closes his notes because the wind is blowing him all over the place, and then. He keeps talking. Oh, and no. when I say he keeps talking, I mean at 45 minutes, no. my principal is knocking me on the leg like, you need to go up and stop him. 
I'm not I'm not gonna stand up and stop him. I don't at an hour fifteen he says no. I have seven more points. I'm not kidding you. I am not no. kidding you. At an hour and fifteen he says I have seven more points. And I'm just no. like, oh, he, he graciously, I he got through those points quickly. I say he finished about 125, 130. I'm not kidding you. And, wow. And then he comes back and he sits down and he goes, whoa, that was rough. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, why did you stop talking? He's like, I couldn't. I couldn't. I, <laughs> I just couldn't. Every time I was going to land the plane, I thought of something else. And that was another 20 minutes. And I'm really sorry. How long did I speak for? I'm like an hour 25, like an hour 25, hour 30. He's like, you got to be kidding me. I am so sorry. <laughs> and he literally goes, you don't have to give me an honorarium. And I'm like, no, I'm keeping the honorarium for myself for having to sit through this thing. <clears throat> yeah, it was, it was, and it, the, the sad part was, right. It wasn't a mistake not to have mm -hmm. him there. It was absolutely the right person to have there. It was a mistake not to come up beside him. Because I talked to him later. I was like, could I have could I have stepped in? And he's like, I would have loved you too. I did I literally did I not know how to stop. I didn't know how to stop. <laughs> someone please help me. <laughs> and I love him to this day, but good God, he went a long time. Hey, that man, that is that that's so funny. Tim, let's just for anyone listening right now for whom this matters and then we probably should close this yeah. um if you're invited to speak again i want to reiterate this to speak for a graduation mm -hmm. for wedding for an event where your speech your sermon your thing is not the reason for the gathering right it is ancillary to the point come on man keep it short yep. 10 minutes aim at 10 minutes and if you go below that everyone will be happier yep everyone yeah uh, there's yeah. no no reason no reason to make it about you it was no. it was the i mean i look back and laugh now but it was painful <laughs> through the whole thing uh, have you go yeah ahead. no 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 go ahead go ahead i wasn't i wasn't gonna that's I not was professional gonna, i was gonna wrap it up Oh, wrap it up, wrap it up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrap it up. I think I think we're gonna do another episode on this because we've got a bunch of other things to discuss. Yeah, I just, you know, but I just want to say in um in um my word of pastoral closing here that um if if I or you may I speak for you may I speak for you yes um if we have in a moment of anger and usually or or in a moment of um irritation. Mm -hmm. like you described back in Blue Rock or at any time, dear listener, if you were with an earshot and you heard her say something that was um, hurtful, that uh, I apologize for yeah. us. Uh, we're human um, that we probably have said a whole lot more and worse. Um, <laughs> I know I regularly do that on the Highway 91. I say things that... Oh, but that's a, that's, a, that's a free zone. Like that's a guilt-free <laughs> zone. You can't... If you're on the 91 freeway, even even Jesus is like, yeah, that that sucks. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, but, you know, we have been, Tim, we've given our lives to making the gospel uh, the most attractive, to making not just a life devoted to Jesus reasonable, but irresistible. And we get up in the morning, that's what we do. We This is our life calling. And if we've ever done something that has accomplished the opposite, yeah. Please accept our sincere apologies and hear our hearts instead of our mouths um, yeah. that, that we 
or maybe our actions or the mistakes we've made um, that we want so much for you to just to come to know and love um, Jesus the way we have. And um, yeah, that's, yeah, no, that's my word. I, pre I appreciate that because, or you know what? It may be a blanket apology for every pastor that has made a mistake that has hurt you in some way. I'm thinking about people who sat in that audience that day where, um, and it happened probably more than once, but especially that day where I let somebody um, um, say things that were contrary to the gospel. And if you were in that audience and you were in some way hurt or your what you think about God was um, damaged that day, um, I sincerely apologize and I, and I hope you give um, you give Jesus another chance to reach yeah. your heart. I think what we hope is that is that Jesus transcends us, our words, our actions. Yes. Um, and we try to align those. Sometimes our words are aspirational because we don't even, you know, we can't always live up to them or into them. But, um, but yeah, man, I, when you say that, I can think of three or four people that I know will not come back to church because of because of interactions, uh, because of misunderstandings. Um, mm. And for them, I represent faith and I represent God. And and my heart, I, I think of those people often. I pray for those people often. And I know that I know that at this point, me reaching out to them is not the thing that will bring them back. But I pray that someone will will, f you know, be able to embed that Jesus seed spark, whatever you want to call it, into their lives mm. that transcends me and anything that I've done. And those are the mistakes that you can't, you know, we can apologize for a lot of things and we can go back and say, oh, that was silly, that was stupid, whatever. Those are the things that, um, you know, you hope that the the reckoning that comes, if you will, at the end of time is a is a sweet reunion and apology in heaven, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and just a, a heartfelt, let me spend eternity making this up because, mm -hmm. and sometimes they're inadvertent and sometimes you did something stupid like you let your humanity get the best of you so so take heart if you're a pastor and you're listening to this and you have those same feelings we uh we resonate we understand and if you're if you're someone who's not in spiritual leadership but you've experienced that like sam said you know thank you for your graciousness and and we apologize if that's something that has happened and and for those of you in ministry who have just done something really stupid like pick yourself up move on <laughs> Yes. Well, admit it. Own it. Admit it. Own it. For sure. Be, then, be well. Yeah. And you know what? Church people are gracious, man. Yes. By and large, church yes. people want you to do well and they want you to. There's those that don't. You know this. You know what the statistic is in public speaking, right? It's like 97% of the people in the room want you to do well. 3% will hate you no matter what you do. Like they just don't <laughs> like, they don't like the look of you. They don't like the whoever you are. They don't like you. So, um, for, so for they're, those three percent, the they're the ones with the arms crossed, leaning right. over to the person next to them, looking at you and whispering at the same time, right? right. Like, you can't have this guy, that right. Comment, you are, commentary. You all are welcome to find a church where you're part of the 97%. Let's put it, <laughs> put it that way. Cause I'll never make you happy and I will always be a mistake. Sam, um, always a good conversation. Thank you. Good thank both. you for, thank you for your patience this morning when you texted me and I was, still hey. asleep um i appreciate hey. that listen tim i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you three strikes strike one <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what happens after strike three but i was gonna say what when i'm out where <laughs> they're just gonna sit listening to you ask questions to the air is that what's gonna happen <laughs> uh 
Sam, Sam. So, um, so this should air after after the 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 spots with uh, Jerome Fontamillas, yep. who yeah. was phenomenal. We phenomenal. just so appreciate that. Phenomenal. I've got a buddy who is also in the entertainment industry who I'd like to bring on before too long. His Approved. name is his name is Steve Agee. He's been in um, Guardians of the Galaxy. He's been in uh, a lot of television, that sort of thing. And here's what's interesting. I wouldn't say that he's necessarily claiming faith at this point in his life, but he mm. and I were college roommates. And so mm. I, I'm interested in having him come on. He's a comedian. Um, I, you know, for those of you with, with, um, thoughtful ears, maybe don't go look up his stuff on. <laughs> <laughs> should, we, um, should we have our producer ready to, you know, I'm not sure your out. producer's old enough to be able to. That's true. No, That's true. Steve will be respectful, but I'm interested in having a conversation with him. I've always wanted to have a conversation with him because um, a little bit about faith, but also about just his life. So hopefully that's coming soon. That's a little foretelling. Stay tuned, dear listener. Stay, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Thank you guys for being with us. We always appreciate it. We are so grateful for our listening audience. And we're working on getting these things up on YouTube as well with a YouTube channel so that we can um we can so you can see us yeah because we look at each other through this whole thing and it's i listen um our countenance should accompany our voices (laughs) that'll add so much to the meaning and the depth Uh, yeah that's what i was that's i was gonna say the same thing that's (laughs) what it on that note ladies and gentlemen thinking about our countenance have a great (laughs) have a great week we'll see you guys later Uh, This is Tim and Sam, Sam and Tim. Have a great day. Our podcast and its theme music is produced by Michael Lenore, and our content manager is Teresa Rojas. Tim is the lead pastor of Crosswalk Church in Redlands, California, and Sam oversees spiritual care for Adventist Health. Thank you for joining them for today's conversation. For more information on what they have going on or to support their ministry financially, visit www.samandtim.com. That is S-A-M, the letter N-T-I-M.com. 